Welcome back to another episode of Investing 404 with your two favorite amateur investors, uh, Chris and Goff. Uh, Chris, as always, I'm letting your name go first. I don't know what that is a sign of. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, age comes before beauty. <laughs> that works with my favor. I'll take it. <laughs> Actually, you're the older one out of us two. <laughs> yeah, I, I love how you messed that one up. Anyway, um, you know what? I'm actually having a pretty good day. I've just seen one of my stocks is up 15%. Do you remember Trade Desk? You mean the one that crashed about 100%? Is that what? <laughs> it crashed about 40%. <laughs> now it's recouped 15%. Perfect. So today we're having one of the most anticipated releases of the year, I would say, Goff. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> hype, it up, hype it up before it starts. Hype it up. <laughs> so uh, no, no pressure, but we've got a, a special guest with us. And we're starting with, for the first time now, uh, our interview series, which is Interview 404. And the whole premise behind this is, obviously, you've heard Gov and I talk about our stuff for a long, long time, and you're probably bored of it. Now, we'll bring in other amateur investors. And they will talk about their stocks, talk about why they invested, when they first invested, the mistakes they made. So that should give everyone a pretty good insight. Right, Goff? I think it's important to understand what other amateur investors are doing, right? And, and the purpose of the whole podcast was to give a, an idea as to how we think, Chris. But the reality is, you know, most other amateur investors might think very differently to us so it's just to get perspective there's no kind of right or wrong answers in this whole podcast anyways right so chris and i are essentially just pronunciation experts when it comes down to it so uh yeah we, we, we've got uh james tate joining us today uh welcome to the podcast james thanks for having me guys uh and we're, we're going to go into a bit of background to you know your investing uh, history and maybe consider one big stock that you've uh, invested in and then we'll close out by just checking out what your favorite interests in the stock market are right chris exactly we, we should probably give a bit of background of how we know james if you haven't noticed gov and i are good friends back from uni and james is part of our crew i would say <laughs> did you say crew that, that's a really mean way to reference my rapping background chris <laughs> exactly <laughs> perfect so how long have we known each other james um is it eight years now yeah i'm trying to think christ no man it's, it's nearly 10 years started back in 2000 it's 10 years Jesus. man 10 yeah, years. chris you're getting old mate you gotta get oh. <laughs> can't be having memory loss the maths <laughs> the maths i'm struggling with just just stop counting in years start counting in receding hairlines chris it'll be easier for both of us <laughs> Exactly. That, exactly that. Uh, how long have you been investing then, James? Uh, I, I, I made my first investment, um, I think, when I started working as part of a company scheme. But in, in general, so uh, let's say re using a retail investor platform, I started back in a year and a half ago now, uh, back when you know COVID hit and you've got nothing else to do. And you got all this extra cash or not lying around. So That's the answer we expect to come out of the most, right? During the Corona crash, yeah, exactly. Everyone yeah. did one of the smartest decisions and started investing. Yeah, definitely. But and it's we were talking about this a bit before the podcast, right? Which is like the the impact this is having today, right? On on the on the investment market in general. So it's it's I guess a, a good thing and a bad thing, a double edged sword, if you will. Uh, just to clarify this for anyone listening, you are not by any stretch a, an investment professional, nor have you had any investment education. 
So you're you're a full fledged amateur like Gov and I. You you wouldn't want to give me your money to invest. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> uh, perfect. So no, no, def definitely and, not. And and when it came to uh, investing, that that first, I was going to say pound, but your uh, euros. Uh, how how nerve wracking was it? Was it like a a, a full process you went to think oh god am i just gambling am i investing was that a first that first decision you made how how was that it, it, it's hard to be anxious when you don't understand what's going on right to a degree so, <laughs> so, like so you know when you're when you when you think that a ticker is a type of is a stock not a a short version of the stock's name you, you kind of have to ask yourself what's going on <laughs> no, but but in all seriousness i mean you guys know me well enough i'm quite a quite a risk averse person right um i i tend to I tend to, I think, measure my risks quite carefully, and, and I don't particularly like to, let's say, gamble, um, especially given my poker history. But that's for a, for another time. <laughs> um, but the the approach that I took when I made my first investment was um, definitely reflective of, of my, you know, my character. Very, very safe in an industry that I knew, uh, a small amount, um, something which, to my mind, was pretty much a sure win, um, and could only go uphill from there. Do you, Do you remember what it was? Yeah, which stock was that? It was Accor Hotels, so the uh, French hotelier chain, um, and the, I mean, for, for me, this, so this was back in April, I think, so this was, you know, when COVID started really hitting and was driving stock to the ground, um, uh, and working in the travel industry, for me, it was just a no-brainer that, okay, these stocks are going are gonna to plummet short term, but long term, the big chains like these guys are going to come back up, so for me, it was kind of like a, a safe bet that I could make without really um, losing out too much. See, this is so interesting because hotel or travel industry in general, I would have not classified that as a safe investment. Back then, at least, because you wouldn't know which airline would go bankrupt or which hotel chain. So what, what gave you that confidence, I guess? No, I mean, you, you can have a... You can have a relatively good idea of, of you know who the big players are, right? So in, in the case of the travel industry, I mean, of course, airlines... Um, and, and hotel chains, any any actor in that industry was was going to take big hits short term. Um, when you think that the industry collapsed by what more or less 60, 70 percent, if you talk about bookings or revenues, I mean it was it was a massacre right across the board. Um, but you look at the flip side of that, and you look at the travel industry as one of the biggest you know drivers of GDP growth in most countries, and also one of the fastest growing industries worldwide. So it's something which, although it may you know. It was definitely heavily impacted by what we could, what we can only qualify as a kind of black swan event, right? Today, um, it's it's something which we're already seeing recovering today to a degree. It, what's interesting about that, I guess, is um, how experience drives that safety net, Chris. Because I think for you and I, it, because we work in tech, I think if someone said, "Oh, tech seems like a risky investment on the downturn." We would have said no, it's not because it's completely safe, and Amazon or whatever is 100% going to rise. And I think uh, J James, there being um, in that having that background, would have really helped him like have more confidence on where he should put his money within that industry. I think. And it's it's fun because about two months ago we had the big tech crash, right? The Nasdaq was down 15%, mm. and everyone was saying, "Oh, tech is over. Tech is done. You go into value." And I've just looked, the NASDAQ is on all-time highs. So, yeah, yeah, perfect example. So, James, let's let's move on. Accor, 
interesting, very interesting first investment. What is right now, or what, what's been the biggest investment you made? Yeah, I, so so the, I think that, the, yeah, two different questions. So, the, but actually, in my case, yeah, they're, they're quite, they are the same, in fact. Um, so so my, my biggest investment, um, which was driven by the, the the big gains it's now bringing is is Nvidia. Yeah. So Nvidia, for anyone listening, um, we've done an episode on it. Um, predominantly uh, uh, tech and gaming heavy company uh, from processor chips to GMC. Um, I mean, we can go into a little bit in, uh, about that, James. But uh, I think what I'm interested in is kind of how did you had you always thought about Nvidia? and always wanted to invest in NVIDIA? Is it something you came across? Um, can you talk us about like how you first thought of NVIDIA as an investing opportunity? One thing which I've actually shared with you guys a lot before was I, I'm not very good at kind of finding, you know, stocks. I don't like have this kind of extensive short list of stocks which I keep my eye on and which I sift through every couple of weeks or something. So I, I'm not very methodical in that sense. But obviously there are companies which I am more or less familiar with. And NVIDIA was one of those companies which kind of fit this mold exactly. So I've known NVIDIA for, I mean, as most of us have, you know, back when we were kids, gaming graphics cards, right? That's probably how most of us remember them. They kind of they, they came back up during this whole tech boom, right? During the uh, the COVID period, a lot of these of these stocks just exploded over six months, and Nvidia was one of them that kept coming up in the news as as either a stock which was going to really take off, um, or one which was just in the highlights recently. And so when I saw the name Nvidia, I was like, and this was when I started investing. So I was like, oh, this this sounds familiar. <laughs> this this feels safe, right? Back to the idea of you know, investing in, in things that I know, right? Yeah. So it, it was definitely something that I, I, I looked deeper into because of the familiarity I had with their, their, their core product offering, at least back as I knew it back then. And when I started looking into one how they evolved as a company in terms of not only the products and services that they delivered, but also just the the culture and leadership of the company. I was like, okay, this is definitely something which is worth um, throwing a bit of money in at this point. And the financials overall, I mean, this, despite being in, in the middle of a of a pandemic and and uh, and so on, it, it, it's 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 a company which was performing quite well relative to the to, to others in the manufacturing sphere, right? So, do you remember what was the main reason why you went for Nvidia? Uh, out of out of gaming, out of crypto, chips, AI, like all of the different different things, and I'll give you a, an example. So, for me, the reason I went into Amazon, AWS, by a mile, right? That that's that one part of the company that really made me excited. Do you remember what made that decision for Nvidia? Where you thought, ah, oh, done, that's a deal. The the funny th the funny thing is, I did, and it changed over time um, as I understood better what they did. Interesting. So, yeah. Initially, I, 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 I tied in a lot of, of my expectations to NVIDIA with the, um, their graphics cards. And this was due to the background that I mentioned earlier, right? So my, in my mind, it was graphics cards, um, NVIDIA releasing their, their next-gen, um, what are they, the RTX 360 series up to 380. And... Great, great name again. <laughs> These companies have some unbelievable names. Anyway, sorry, James, Just mash random letters together and it's awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sorry, Karen. <laughs> 
So they, so I saw that and I was like, oh wow. So yeah, this is going to definitely drive some. You know, they're, they're going to get huge sales, like especially with, with gaming being such a being one of the industries which which just boomed massively during COVID. Um, so people are going to be going to be dying to get their hands on these, and it's going to be great. And and sure enough, like that was um, that, that that was a, a reason for for their growth. But when when I saw that the stock was wasn't performing so well despite that, I was like, wow, like this. There's probably more to it that I just don't get, and and probably some business lines or some something which I'm not looking into enough. When I look back in, and I and I attended a couple of Nvidia's um, quarterly business calls um, earlier, late last year, and when I started looking at the split of how, one, what their business actually looked like, and where their money was coming from, everything made a bit more sense and. To go back to your original question, Chris, what was the um, what was the deciding factor? Initially, it was the graphics cards, and I think it's still a big part today because this powers a lot of the big trends that we're seeing in the near to, to midterm. Um, but it was definitely the data centers and all the um, AI, the, the the way in which they manage and leverage data with other companies was definitely the um, the deciding factor then. And then when I saw, I think it was. Tesla was one of their big customers, for instance. I was like, okay, yeah, this is definitely, this is definitely going somewhere on that end. And this is, and this is a part of their business which is only going to grow in the next, in the mid to long term, for sure, as as demand increases. So when did you actually invest, then, James? So I, I invested twice. Sorry, I invested three times in Nvidia. <laughs> <laughs> twice, twice was a was a conscious choice. The first one was a yeah. I invested the first time in the actual Nvidia stock. Um, back in, I want to say, middle of last year, I want to say. Yeah, so, um, so if we go, let's say, I don't know, May or June last year, so that, that means it was about three three fifty dollars a share, and now it's trading at seven seventy, which is yeah. f- phenomenal, that uh, increase. And I'm sure you're l- loving life with those gains. Uh, <laughs> but... In that period from when you initially invested to today, have you kind of sold your position at any point? Have you have you made adjustments to your initial investment? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, so I got in about that price point that you mentioned, Gov, around the. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't around the two thirty. It, it, it was more around the five five twenty something price point. In fact, when when in, I'm trying to convert in my head the <laughs> the real price of the Nvidia stock to the euros. to the dodgy ETF that I've got in euros. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> The the price of the price of simplicity. It was around the five twenty mark. So it wasn't when it was at its uh, at its lowest, but it was kind of hovering around that price point where it was. You know, it seemed to stagnate a bit, and there were some good buying opportunities. Sure, sure. Um, so I bought in around then, um, and the value of the stock stagnated for about three months. I think it was it was it was staying quite flat, and I think the, if I remember correctly, the market as a whole was doing quite. I mean, it was performing very modestly. Yeah. Um, and then there was this big crash in uh, was it in December period? I mean, yeah. so, some point late last year, beginning of this year, the market began to crash a bit, and, and Nvidia dropped. I mean, to 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 almost pre-COVID levels, and I was like, yeah, this is this is the chance, the the, the opportunity I need to kind of get in bigger because I, I I think I only opened a, a quite a small position initially, and I and I really and still do believe in in in, in the value of the stock and the company. So I thought, okay, this is time to double double down and. Um, and bring my average buy-in point lower. Um, yeah. So, so I, I added another. I, I doubled my investment there at that low point, 
And since then, I've just I've just kept it. Um, it, it took a while for it to come back to a to, to a green. <laughs> Um, and it was, you know, it's, it's, it was one of those periods where everything was just turning red, and, and this one I believed in. Yeah, exactly. I, I fundamentally believe in, in the, the the products and the values of the company, and just simply look. And I remember chatting with Chris about this last year, like that, you know, the the financials were great, they exceeded expectations, and video were just outperforming everywhere. And I think even even at that point, they were outperforming the S and P five hundred, and still they were in the red, um, <laughs> and I just wasn't getting it. Yeah. So I thought, okay, this is—it's one of these things which you've got to, you know, you've got to hold and 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 trust in the fundamentals and and the basic knowledge that you have of the company. Uh, I love that patience as well because from if anyone looks at the chart from August timeframe all the way till we could say mid-May, it's at five mm. five hundred to five hundred and fifty range, and then it just breaks yeah. out. So only about the last month and a half you've seen some real gains right yeah it's, there were those two spikes back in yeah the beginning of this year and, and, and last month um and i was hoping that that was and I, I was i was already happy quite happy there because that was a you know there was a, there were a few nice gains happening at that point yeah. and then yeah last beginning of this month it just took off and i mean it's uh yeah it's it's been a it's been worth the wait definitely and, and, the, and the crazy thing is i'm i'm not convinced that the growth has stopped i think it's it's going to keep growing one more thing, and I guess all of us amateurs, and I'm, I'm sure the professionals get it too, but you see a red in your portfolio and it goes to 10, 15% red. Emotions take over, right? You're not always the most disciplined person then when it comes to investing. As, as, has that come to your mind where you thought one evening looking at your portfolio, nah, forget it, I'll sell it all and put it in my savings Start account. Again. Yeah, yeah, or something like that, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, uh, being a French resident, I haven't got the luxury of doing that, given that my earnings get taxed at thirty percent. So I, I consider very carefully what I. That's a great point. <laughs> I consider very carefully what I, uh, what I sell or not. But no, it, it, in all seriousness, the there were definitely a couple of points where, um, where I thought, yeah, this is, I'm, I'm going to lose some money on this for sure. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I think that having. A few things made it that I, I I didn't kind of I would say panic or get overly excited because I think the danger goes both ways right you can you can very easily panic or or on the contrary just get caught up in a in a stock that's doing super well the temptation for to sure. sell a video right now is just burning me <laughs> um, but so the, firstly the fact that I'm I'm quite risk averse is is probably contributing to why I don't worry too much about it because I, I try and take a step back and think long term so most of my investments are definitely long term plays I I don't have the skills or knowledge or the expertise to, to kind of play on the market on a daily weekly monthly basis so all of my investments are definitely long term uh, investments the second point probably um, given that my portfolio is is quite diverse I would say I haven't reached the 70-30 split that we you know that that golden ratio that everyone's talking about when it comes to to investment around you know ETFs and individual stocks. But I'm not you know I'm not too heavily weighted in just individual stocks or just in ETFs or in just risky stocks or just safe ones. I, I think that thanks to trading 404, um, investing 404, <laughs> I've, uh, <laughs> I've I've got a I've got a degree of of kind of rationality which which kind of guided my my investment patterns there. Um, yeah, we're not we're and, not paying you for this, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting the mug, aren't I? Though? <laughs> yeah. Or was it a T-shirt? I'm not sure anymore. 
Um, so yeah, definitely those two, and just the fact that I mean, it, it's I, I haven't invested massive amounts of money. I mean, you know, it's it's it's. I wouldn't even dare call this a side hustle. You know, it's I, I have a, a bit of money that I that I throw in here every month to kind of in, into trading because um, I, I have investments elsewhere as well. But I, I throw a bit of money here here and there, and um, all of that put together means that I nowadays I think a year and a half later react less emotionally than I used to. Okay. Before we go into the the trading behaviors, um, you'd mentioned just earlier um just quickly on how maybe you didn't invest in the right company uh or the stock itself and the in, instead into the etf could you just mention like talk a bit about that in the sense of i feel like people make a lot of mistakes but don't aren't true to themselves on what maybe mistakes or errors they may have made so it'd be interesting to hear kind of what you did uh, and maybe talk through that for a second so so, so yeah that, so that's when i that's when i mentioned i invested three times in nvidia before right so yeah. the first time i invested in the the stock stock so nvda ticker which i now know is a <laughs> the short name yeah. not a stock um so the, the the nvidia stock um and it was you know usd because it's, it's on the, the uh, yeah so, so, so i listened to that one and then I think I sold that. I, I sold it. I sold it just when it when I broke. I mean, literally, I broke even on on Nvidia to kind of because I that that was one of those instances where I got a bit emotional and panicked. I think and wanted to reduce my position. But then I I reinvested in them um, in, in in a what's it, what, what's called, what I what I read as two x Nvidia. Right. Um, so what drew me to that was you know really you know basic logic, which was uh, euros. Um, I get, I get charged obscene commissions by my bank for trading in other in other um, currencies. Other currencies, yeah, and and, and now trading uh, two on two, slapping on their uh, their fees as well. So I thought, okay, this is. It seems like the same stock. I, I compared the two curves. Like there wasn't a big discrepancy in how they moved. Um, obviously, this this one um, moves a bit ahead of the Nvidia stock, given that it's on the. Um, the European stock exchanges rather than the uh, the US ones, so it, it kind of follows those trends the day after. But anyway, the um, to, to me it, it seemed all, all fine and dandy, right? I mean, Nvidia two times whatever two times means, maybe double my profit. Who knows? Um, and it's in euros, so win win. And I think I mentioned it. To, I, I asked you, Gov. I think when we we spoke on the phone one day, and, and I asked what. what I, or I, or I shared with you the stock that it was, and you were like, you know, this isn't actually Nvidia, right? <laughs> even though, even though it says, by the way, and I see it now, like it says NV, NVDE already should have been a red flag ETF. <laughs> yeah. So, so essentially, so, yeah. it was a, a leveraged uh, ETF, right? So you're essentially in for double, uh, positive or negative, and I mean, it's it's gone the right way, uh, and hopefully carries on going the right way uh, for you. Um, but I feel like it's it's the sort of thing, Chris, that the mis kind of mistake people might make and then just never realize or never like own up to it. And then they could lose a lot or make a lot or whatever and not realize it. So I feel like it's important to recognize that. I think we all make these kind of mistakes um, in our investing uh, journey. Especially, yeah, 100%. And especially on these apps now, right? Because in trading two, one, two, without, with one click, you get into derivatives. And suddenly you could lose a ton of money, but it looks the same. You just you just buy and sell. Um, uh, I think I think that's that's a huge problem. Rather than how it used to be, right? You go to your broker and tell him, uh, "I want to buy a hundred stock of Nvidia." Like very little can go wrong compared to what, yeah. what happens now. 
And and we've also mentioned that previously how like say Elon Musk will tweet about a company and then another company with the same name <laughs> has a share price go up Explode. significantly yeah. just because <laughs> Elon Musk mentioned the company. So yeah, I feel like it's something we can go through. Uh, I know you mentioned, James, that, you know, it's burning inside that NVIDIA is like 770. You Maybe you, you're tempted to sell. Do you have a, a specific kind of exit point, a, a price that you think you're going to get out at, or are you just going to hold for life? Uh, I mean, is that is that is there some thought process there for you? Uh, I, th there is there isn't there isn't a specific get out point, I don't think. Um, yeah. I, I, I think NVIDIA is one of those stocks which, I mean, got a lot, a lot of traction this year, but it's. The, the core things behind the company are, are trends which are going to be relevant for the next, yeah, 20, 30, 50, God knows how long, right? Or until we move to Mars. Um, so, <laughs> so, I, so, so, so I haven't got a, I haven't got a fixed um, get out point per se. At this point, to be honest, given, given the, the evolution of the investment, I mean, I, I'll probably, I will probably try and, and get in again at, a, at another price point once there's a, another opportunity um but yeah no 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 clear uh setup point for now no perfect i guess let's let's finish on a like a quick fire round james a couple of quick ones that we'd <laughs> like to hear your opinion on let's start with crypto what's your uh what's your attitude to crypto are you invested you don't have been to las vegas but i assume that <laughs> it's, it's similar to the crypto market these days like I mean, funny story. Funny story about about crypto. Actually, um, when I, I can't I can't pinpoint. The, actually, I probably can because I can remember where I was when when crypto was going mad. I was I was walking around like around town here, um, <laughs> waiting for my Coinbase account to be approved for like <laughs> four weeks. And this was this was when I, I, and correct me if I'm wrong here, guys, this was the point where, where crypto jumped from thir from three grand or six grand to thirty grand in like two weeks, right? Yeah. And I was just there like a, and I was there like a sucker man. It was and, and to give some background, we had a group <laughs> chat and James was to be approved for about four weeks until they finally approved this account. <laughs> Yeah. I, I don't know what I did to Coinbase, but they, yeah, they, they did not like my candidacy. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I mean, to be fair, given how crypto is doing now, right, I'm not sure that I, would, I haven't lost out so much, right? The opportunity came back. But, um, yeah. but yeah, it was, I, I was off to a rocky start on crypto for sure. Um, so, so by the time my account finally got approved, um, you know, that, 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 that ship had sailed, right? Um, crypto was at 13. It was rising to, in, in the four to five months after that, it rose by what? From thirty to sixty at its highest. We talk about Bitcoin as a reference, and the market as a whole followed a similar trend, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, not, count, not, not counting the Dogecoin hype stocks and stuff like that. Or sorry, hype hype cryptos. Yeah. Um, but um, with the recent dip, so now it's now it's more or less at the price point where I felt comfortable investing in back when I didn't have an account. Um, I did invest a small amount um, into crypto. I mean, really a small amount. Um, and much, much, much like kind of, yeah, most, I think you guys have a similar approach. Like I, I kind of wrote it off to a degree, you know, it's there and if it goes up, it goes up. If it goes down, it goes down. It's really not, I mean, I don't consider it as an investment per se, not because um, I don't believe that crypto as a market or because I, I believe that blockchain as a technology and all the underlying applications, which I haven't got the faintest idea of what they can lead to long term, but I understand that there is 
technological value there. Um, but just simply because the market is way too volatile today, um, the, the fact that, to, to, to your earlier point, Gov, the fact that Elon Musk can tweet one thing and the whole market jumps up 30% for me is just, it's, it's no longer investing, it's gambling. So I treat it as such as well. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. Um, biggest loss so far? Biggest loss so far. Um, I'm happy to report that I haven't got any losses so far on trading. But I think I think we have more buffet. Just call it that. Just call it that. <laughs> no, the, the, you know what I what I always I, I always I always think back to this. Like you, and you, yeah, you told me this go back and when I started when I because because I, I I thought I was I, I thought I was Warren Warren Buffet 2.0. Like I, I thought I was back you know, six months ago. And then, yeah, you know, the French side coming out. Um, <laughs> but I, but I always, I always remember now. Whenever I like, whenever I look at my my portfolio, whether it's you know trading or crypto, whatever it is, like I always think back to like that that one thing that you said, God, which kind of stuck, which was you know everyone's a winner in a bull market, right? It's easy to be right when things are going well, and so I, I was lucky slash um, to a degree smart enough to get in when it was the right time to get in. Um, Likelihood is if I you know if I made similar investments you know in a in a different context you know not in a full market crash I probably wouldn't be doing as well right. Yeah. Um, ironically, my biggest loss is the one linked to my current company. <laughs> yeah, <it's hilarious. laughs> but yeah, so no, no big losses. I I think probably the the one which is doing least well, um, which is weird. The two the, the one which is doing least well is the um, clean energy ETF. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, which is it, it boomed last year and then this year it's just I don't, I don't know what it, it's it's gone really shy it's just mm. shy I agree because yeah. uh, it's you know it's, it's all and you know you've got you got you got the G7 happening right now and all these you know all these big nations talking about climate change and putting it on the agenda and we need to achieve X amount of carbon footprint by Y and all even even um, travel companies are talking about their carbon footprint and, and generally how to grow sustainable travel so there's there's a lot of appetite for it and yet it's it's not taking off at the same rate it did uh you know six months back when the context wasn't necessarily as strong as good as it is to, agreed. yeah agreed what's on your watch list currently is there one stock you're looking to get into um yeah so there, there's one which I've, I've started eyeing up um because it's a company which i think Again, one of those longer-term plays, which is, is very relevant today, and it's going to become more relevant in, in the future. Um, and it kind of has all these hot buzzwords, you know, that we want today, like data, AI, machine learning. Oh, uh, oh beautiful. So, you know, th that's that's giving Warren Buffett a, a, a petit buffet, um, if you want. <laughs> it's, <laughs> so it's uh, Snowflake, if you guys have oh, heard of them. Oh, yes. yeah. They had their IPO, uh, in fact, beginning of this year, January, uh, which went absolutely mad. I mean, their valuation was, I, I don't know what their initial valuation was, but their IPO, they, they got to something like 320 in the first. They, they, an anecdote which I remember reading about them was that their initial valuation made them worth more than IBM. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, IBM today, right? Exactly. So for me, that was, a, that was a nice comparison, I think, to find. Um, so yeah, they're, they're on my watch list. Um, I'm not going to invest in them anytime soon, I think, because I'm still doing this portfolio rebalancing exercise um, to make sure that I'm less heavily dependent on uh, on individual stocks and more into ETFs. But definitely, once, once I'm closer to the split that I want, um, and provided that there's no big pr jump in their price, be it positively or negatively, I'll probably throw in a bit of money their way, um, just because 
what they do, I think, is is very valuable. Like their their core solution and business model is is great. It's just that their financials today um, don't match what they're capable of, right? I mean, they're they're a relatively young company. They, to a degree, they remind me of Tesla, um, which maybe is why I want to invest in them because Tesla's already gone. So time to invest in something else. Oh yeah. Your one your one advice for someone starting out right now. What would be your one advice? Come, Mr. Buffet. <laughs> Keep listening to investing for a fool. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, the Shame. plug. Two t-shirts. Two t-shirts. Um, so, <laughs> what piece of advice? Um, I think that that fundamentally depends on on who you are. But I mean, if if you're anything like me and and you're a bit uh, you're a bit cautious, a bit reserved on you know how much you want to invest, what you want to invest in, you haven't necessarily got the um, the extensive background that pros do. Just step by step um because you're going to make mistakes along the way you're going to lose money you're going to you're going to somewhere so it's it, it's about learning from those i think um i i i i still haven't learned many mistakes um but from, from many mistakes that i've made but but no matter how many articles i read on investopedia or on the wall street journal whatever wherever i read it it doesn't really have the same impact as seeing my whole portfolio turn red <laughs> so, so definitely have, having the, having not the confidence, but having the, um, experience, the nerves now that just, just the nerves, I mean, to, to not, you know, to be okay with making those mistakes, you know, and that's why starting small, because you're, you're obviously going to be less nervous or invested. I mean, but both, both, uh, figuratively and, and, and literally here, if, if you put in small amounts, right. Yeah. Um, if I had put in a thousand euros i'd be reacting completely differently to if i put in a hundred right exactly i think i think we've got some actually really strong takeaways there from uh this so far we've got investing in stuff that you know uh, i think that's been a key strong key element investing in an amount where you're not thinking too emotionally knowing that you're not gonna ever get rid of the emotions and then three like being ready to learn from whatever mistakes you're making on the way so i think those mm. are like really strong key takeaways um very strong i'll have to edit out your word you mentioned beep in between james beep, beep it up beep it up beep since it up, uh, beep this it is up. a child-friendly <laughs> podcast <laughs> uh, uh, curses so uh, one last one which uh source or website are you most on in this regard I think it depends for what. Um, for, for, for more, okay, for the, the, the two, the three big ones that I use, I would say, are, um, and I kind of classify them into different categories, learning, news, and um, analysis or data, or whatever you want to call that third stuff, right? So news, I'll definitely follow, like any any mainstream journal, like Yahoo, I, I, I'm on uh, Market Watch, uh, Seeking Alpha, like just, just get the, you know, the headlines, what's coming up daily um, in case anything interesting pops up learning um i live by investopedia um they just every time i don't understand something or i see a term which um isn't ticker and that i know should be something else <laughs> i i go to investopedia and i i kind of walk through their stuff because they really do have a lot of good content for for really learning how to invest it's never going to be like an mba from harvard or something but it'll It'll, it, it gives me the foundations I need to understand what I'm doing. And for analysis, um, I, I live by Finviz. Um, I used to take the time 
to have my Excel sheet and build my portfolio and put in all the tickers there and my buy-in price and blah, 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 blah. And then I saw Finviz and I was like, why the hell am I doing this? It's all already here. And you can, you can explore much more easily and keep track in a simpler way of what you're doing. Um, and it also helps with one of my investing flaws, which is that I don't know how to find stocks. So Finviz kind of, if you're not familiar, like they have a number of different things that you can check out there, including the stocks details and all of their, all of their details, their ratios, whatever you want to find, probably the, the name of the founder's wife, probably somewhere. <laughs> but, but they have a really cool, like, uh, they have a great chart, which outlines almost all the big stocks by market, by market cap, yeah. by price, how they fluctuate. And it just allows you to kind of at a glance, get a sense for, ah, this could be interesting to look a bit more into and, and then dive deeper and see if you want to take that, you know, that extra step. Uh, that that oh, yeah. is probably the best answer I've, I've heard uh, in the about year of this podcast, Chris. Uh, he gave different categories, gave examples. That was that was phenomenal. <laughs> there, making phenomenal. us look like amateurs here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think that concludes uh, today's episode. Uh, thank you so much, James, for uh, helping us get through this uh, and and giving us insights that you've learned across you know your investing journey. Um, if you guys aren't already subscribed to the podcast, make sure you are. And uh, if you got any thoughts, comments ideas for future episodes hit us up at investing 404 on instagram 